0: Hey Pastor Josh here, thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church, you can go to LegacyCityChurch.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. We are in Matthew chapter 16 in our Bibles, Matthew chapter 16. And we are going to work through verses 13 to 20 on this Sunday. And we're working through a series I've titled, Jesus Worldview in which we really look, again, at the views of the Lord Jesus. Honestly, uh, at this point in life, um, I I mean, in my younger years, I'd say I was a lot more impacted by the views of people around me and by the views of the world. Um, But more than ever before, I just want the Lord's worldview. I want Jesus' worldview. Um, Every time uh, I try to go off on tangents in other directions, I find myself losing. And then uh, coming back to his worldview over and over and over again, I come back to what, what does the Lord think about this? What does God have to say about this? What does his word have to say? It's amazing how his truth can navigate and uh, and guide for thousands of years, a timeless truth that seems to impact every generation and every culture, regardless of where you came from. How does it magically impact each of our lives uh, directly? It is an incredible book. And it is the words of God on paper, and we're so thankful to be able to have it in our hands. So that's why I titled this series, Jesus Worldview. Uh, We are working through the book of Matthew, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we are in chapter 16 today. This is sermon number 66. And the title of this message is, I will build my church. I will build my church. These are the words of the Lord Jesus. Heard of a story. Maybe you heard this one. Muldoon lived alone in the Irish countryside with only a pet dog for company. One day the dog died and Muldoon, this guy, he went to the parish priest and asked, Father, me dog is dead. Could you be saying a mass for the poor creature? Father Patrick replied, I'm afraid not. We cannot have services for an animal in the church. But there are some Baptists down the lane and there are no telling what they'll believe. Maybe they'll do something for the creature. You like my accent, it's terrible, I know. Muldoon said, all right, Uh, all right, Father, I'll go down the street. Do you think 5,000 is enough to donate to them for the service? Father Patrick exclaimed, sweet Mary, mother of Jesus, why did you not tell me the dog was Catholic? (laughs) Oh man, I don't know, is that okay, was that kosher? Jesus said, I will build my church. I don't know about you, but when the news shows up week after week with bad news, more darkness, sometimes I feel the church is gone from the earth, or that the light is not overtaking the darkness, and that is why I don't really watch the news at all. I'll read an article here and there, but we are not made to be receiving this level of darkness every single day. Did you know that? Um, Even rewind a hundred years, you only knew what was happening in your town and maybe you go to the newspaper uh, telling you a few things about what happened that week. Um, But with social media, we have access to all the darkest things on the planet all day, every day. And it can drown you quickly if you're not careful. Uh, Watch out what you put into your mind. We watch what we put into our bodies. But why wouldn't we watch what goes into our minds? The news can convince you that Christianity is losing. The news can convince you that the light is losing ground. But it's not true. The Lord is at work more than ever before. Did you know that? And He will build His church. And who will stop Him? Over 2,000 years, Christianity has flourished from 12 apostles to 3000 Christians on day one in the book of Acts. Do you remember the day of Pentecost to now over 2 billion claim Christians? This is including the Catholic church and many cult offshoots of Christianity. But there are approximately 37 million church buildings on the earth. Did you know that 37 million? That means that every Christian, the upwards of 2 billion on the planet, claimed that you could fit 65 people in every single church. Did you know the Uversion Bible app has been downloaded more than 500 million times? That's more than the population of America. The Word of God is eclipsing the earth. There are more servants online than ever in history. There are more books printed, there are more podcasts being done. The Word of God is wrapping and circling this planet. It's happening. And when the Word of God gets out, there's no stopping it there's no stopping what God can do I was watching this uh this video this week um about a guy who serves in Haiti his name is Brian McDaniel and he does not look like the guy that should be serving in Haiti whatsoever and he's kind of very uh erratic and very loud and and he just he just gets after it but he's a very joyful guy And uh, he talked about uh, some of the missionaries that were just captured a little while ago. And uh, he was talking about how um, a fire had broken out or something had gone on in a city and him and some of his pastors were down uh, near this city where these gangs were and where people were being uh, captured. And uh, they got stuck into this fire and there's smoke everywhere and they're trying to drive to get out of that area. And all of a sudden he finds himself in the middle of the city Of where that gang was where all these missionaries were being arrested and all of a sudden a swarm of 20 guys with guns jump on the car and surround him and before you know it they are taken into some place in town where all of a sudden there's like 200 people around them looking at them and brian's sitting there thinking i don't know what to do and all of a sudden he feels like he gets a download from heaven that says preach the gospel to him He says he doesn't know anything else in Creole. He's been living there for, I don't know, upwards of 10, 15 years, I don't know how many years. He's been there for a while, but he doesn't really know the language well, but the only thing he knows in the language is the gospel message. And so all of a sudden he just stands up and as loud as he can, he starts shouting to the leader, the gospel message in Creole. And he starts saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. God loves you. And, and he starts ministering the gospel. I know you've sinned. I know you've done wrong, but he has made a way for you to be forgiven right now. He starts yelling at the top of his lungs and they're all looking at it. all. These guys got guns everywhere. Just looking at it. Everybody goes dead silent. You can hear a pin drop and the leader walks up to him and gets in his face. And Brian just keeps telling him, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He's come to save you. Don't do this. And all of a sudden the man says, let him go. And they part the sea there and they get back in their cars and they drive away. And Brian says, the reason I did that is because I knew that when the gospel is preached, angels show up. And who can stop the army of God? He said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die here, preaching the gospel. And he went for it. It's an amazing story. It impacted me because it shows that the word of God is powerful and still impacting people, regardless of how dark they are. They don't know what to do with it. It's a powerful message. Christianity has permeated the planet. Now all we need to do as Christians is walk with God every day and invite others to walk with him. Did you know that it's already here? You have it. It's in your hands. All you need to do is walk with the Lord and invite other people to walk with Him. That's it. It's simple. Jesus declares in this text 2,000 years ago, I will build. He says, I will build. I will build it. He says, I will build my church. It belongs to me, Christ says, and I will build it. I take full responsibility. Who's gonna stop them? No one. It's true. We are in Matthew chapter 16. Look, look at verse 13 to 20 in our Bibles. Can we stand for the reading of God's word? We always stand for the reading of God's word to pay honor to Him and to remember whose word we are reading. Not mine. My words can't change you, church. But the word of God will change you forever. Always look to it. Look at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, saying, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would illuminate the text. You'd open our eyes and ears to hear your word clearly. Let it minister to our hearts, let it change our minds, let it draw us in closer relationship with you. Help us to know the God who saves, help us to know the God who loves, who serves, who's come to forgive and make things right, to bring peace to our hearts. We pray that you'd bless us as we open your word. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. Remember where our text left off. Last Last week we saw the Sadducees and Pharisees asking Jesus for something more they wanted a sign though the Lord had already given them many walking on water feeding the 5,000 healing everyone who came to him he said the only sign you get is the resurrection the sign of Jonah and he warned the disciples to watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees they thought he was talking about bread adding and taking away from God's Word watch out for these guys they add to God's Word and they take away from it they pick and choose what they want in God's Word And we were reminded to remember what the Lord has done for us in the past and to write those things down knowing that he will do the same for us now and in the future remember what the Lord has done our story picks up with Jesus and the disciples traveling north about 15 miles to Caesarea Philippi look at verse 13 it says now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he was asking his disciples saying who do people say the Son of Man is church it's very important to know the context of this place because in doing so you get the full picture of this story but without it you miss huge details you see Caesarea of philippi was a place where the worship of the god pan took place pan is depicted as a half goat half statue often seen playing a flute maybe you've seen him before he is a god of sex and that with animals. There are still images. If you go into the museums of Rome, Italy, or into England, you will actually see statues of the god Pan having sex with animals. Yes. 2,000 years ago. You thought we were bad. We're not even there yet this place was a place of great depravity and ancestry of philippi there was a giant cave that a temple backed up to where they would do sacrifices after wicked nights of debauchery this cave was considered a gate to hell they believed it was the doorway where demons would come in and out and the writing of the god pan is still on the walls to this day and here are the pictures of it This is the cave of the God Pan here. And this is where the temple would back up into it and they would make sacrifices into that cave. You can go there today and see this. This is my picture. And here are the leftover uh, pieces from the temple that you can see down there on the ground. We go next image. This is just a statue, I mean a, a, a pillar there, a leftover pillar that was there during that time and the next one and this is what it probably looked like back in that day do you see the whole the cave all the way to the left side all the way to the left side of the picture there is a cave there on the bottom left to the back side of the temple you see where the cave would back up uh, or it'd be on the back side of the temple they would do all kinds of wicked ceremonies in this temple And then they would do sacrifices on the back end of this thing and they would throw all kinds of Animals and all kinds of other things into the depths of this thing believing that it was the gateway to hell where demons uh, Would actually make their way in and out and the rest of the temples they're built You can still go to this structure to this day and go see all of the remainder Of this area this is Caesarea Philippi the area in which Jesus is standing saying all of these things do you have context you understand how important it is to have context even if you open to the middle of a children's story and read the dog is blue you have no context of what happened prior to that and what happens after that and so you have no idea what the story is so why would you ever do that with the Bible just open up to a scripture in the middle and just read it It's far more complex you have to understand what's going on before and after it get context it's all still there to this day and Jesus asked his disciples in this place who do people say that the Son of Man is who do people say that I am who who do people think I am after all they've seen and heard what are people saying about me in verse 14 they said to him Lord some say you're John the Baptist and others Elijah but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets the crowds the people in town thought he was a prophet like all the other prophets of the Old Testament but what's crazier is they thought he was one of the Old Testament prophets reincarnated some think you're Jeremiah some think you're Elijah really back from the dead because of the miracles he did This is the most important question in the universe who is yeshua of nazareth is he just a man like you and me who lived two thousand years ago a carpenter a construction worker who just so happened to be a good teacher of the torah is he a magician pulling crazy tricks out of a hat is he a true prophet from god that has magical powers on the earth is he really a king as he says he is he says he's a king of a kingdom is he the son of man is he the son of almighty god that's a crazy claim is he messiah the christ the savior is he god almighty with skin on walking around remember song what if god was one of us (laughs) he was This is the most important question because if he is God with skin on and we get it wrong we miss the Creator walking by us we crucify the Creator the Messiah what have we done it's amazing that he allowed his own creation to crucify him that he allowed the tree to be grown which he would be crucified on and that he would say the enemy thinks That this is a plan to destroy me, and even those who hate me think it's a plan to destroy me. But I'm actually gonna use the very thing that is a plan to destroy me to bring forth salvation to all of the earth. Oh, the Lord's got stuff up his sleeve that nobody knows. His plans are infinite. The great C.S. Lewis wrote I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I am ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, they say, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or as he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice, C.S. Lewis says. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with this patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. That's why they killed him. He didn't leave it open for them. How are you going to kill the nicest guy to walk the earth who helps so many people? Well, he said things that were crazy. He was God with skin on, like he was the son of God, like he was virgin born. He said he was the Messiah. He said he could forgive sin. People still say this stuff to this day. You walk up to someone on the street and say, who do you think Jesus Christ is? They say a good teacher, a religious guru but how many say he is the Lord he is the King of all Kings he is the Savior of our world it gets more personal and more important are you ready to look at verse 15 Jesus said to them but who do you say that I am who do you say that I am this is the question of all questions for us Jesus says to his disciples who do you say that I am the disciples were still figuring out the depth of the Lord they have seen his miracles they have heard him speak they have seen his compassion but for all they know he could be another Moses he could be another Elijah here to lead three million people they even said things like who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him do you remember who is this their hearts and minds were being drawn to see the fullness of who Jesus was and what he came to do The Lord would pose this question to us here on this day, family. He would pose this question to us. Now, when we stand before him alone, one day, Jesus says to you today, he says to me today, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say by yourself? Who do you say that I am? This is important because we all have to answer this question on our own we will die alone did you know that We stand before God alone we have a real moment with God no messing around it's either all fake and a big joke or it's real it's interesting because the answer to that question defines your relationship with him did you notice if he is a good man a good teacher or if he is a mythical figure that never existed it defines your relationship to Him. Or is He the Lord? Is He the King? Is He the Creator God? Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We will bow the knee now. Or we will bow the knee then it's up to you but know this all will bow before him and all will confess him as lord i do think jesus christ is the name used above all names on the earth did you know that it's unbelievable that it has gone unnoticed but people use his name as a curse word all the time of all names why his you could pick any religion why his name because his name is powerful his name is the name above all names and Lucifer knows this and he has pushed people on the earth to run the Lord's name through the mud as much as possible so much that people don't even know they are doing it I have heard Joe Rogan say Jesus name more than any other person's name on his podcast I mean he probably says Jesus name like 10 times per podcast it's amazing I'm sitting there and I hear, Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. It's mind-blowing when you step back and realize how often the Lord's name is used in vain, which simply means non-meaningful, non-assuming. It's just pushed to the side. It's in vain. It doesn't have any purpose anymore. It's just a word that's said. Not that amazing? Why didn't we use like Buddha or Hare Krishna or Muhammad why not Joseph Smith this would be great (laughs) Jesus Christ of all names Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord is highly offensive to people now isn't it why you just show up in a crowd and shout Jesus is Lord They're like stone him kill him Why are you so offended by that? What does it matter if he's Lord or not to you? You don't even believe in him, you say. Because it impacts them. You carry a Bible around in a grocery store, people are like, what are you doing? Don't bring that thing in here. Why? It's just a book, right? Jesus, is Lord, is highly offensive to people. Why? Because it impacts them if it's true they are in big trouble who do you say that jesus is by the end of the sermon i hope by the grace of god you would declare he is the lord of your life jesus says to his disciples i know what everyone else says about me but who do you say that i am that's what i want to know and simon peter answered in verse 16 you are the christ the son of the living god you are the christ you are the one who else to whom else will we go you alone have the words to eternal life i don't want to go anywhere else peter answered you are the christ you know what the word christ means bible students it's not jesus last name jc (laughs) no it means messiah it is the greek word for messiah christ christos messiah You are the son of the living god you are the one we have been looking for you are the son of god you have god's blood running through your veins you are his son you will take the throne you are god verse 17 and jesus answered and said to him blessed are you simon bar jonah because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my father who is in heaven jesus called peter by his full name i love this simon bar jonah simon son of jonah bar son of jonah simon son of jonah flesh and blood or no person revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven told you what a bomb peter didn't know that god the father revealed it to him but jesus told him who did it Peter, you got the right answer, but you know that that didn't come from your own heart. My father told you. Could it be that we get wisdom, knowledge, insight by simply being in God's will that we try to attribute to ourselves all the time? Man, I preached a great sermon. And that was like the best sermon I ever preached. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> no. Could it be that God is using, when we're just walking in his will, we're just walking in his ways, we're just walking with him. He's using us all the time to minister and to love and to serve. There are so many things. When we get to heaven, we're not gonna be looking how all the great things that we did. We're gonna be realizing, I could have never done it without you, Lord. I love that saying that says, when we get to heaven, We will be surprised by who is there number two we'll be surprised by who is not there but number three we'll be surprised that we get to be there we know who we are we are instruments in the redeemer's hands we are tools for his glory we are pots in the potter's hands being molded and shaped to be filled as vessels for his glory James 1 says every good and get perfect gift is from above come down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change every good and perfect gift in your life has come down from above whether you realize it or not, God's been gracious to you. He's been good to you. He's been merciful to you. Those good gifts are his common grace in your life. And mine too, he's allowed you to prosper. He's allowed you to have beautiful moments. These are all a gift from him and we're thankful. We Look deeper at the text what is ultimately happening is Peter has come to the realization of who Jesus really is and declares it out loud he says you are the Christ the son of the living God he is saying and believing Jesus is the Messiah the one come to bring salvation to God's people the one who can forgive sin and make us right with God this is salvation and who revealed this to Peter who revealed this salvation to Peter flesh and blood did not reveal this to you Peter Simon Barjona, Jonah used this full name but my father who is in heaven revealed this to you flesh and blood cannot reveal this to a person's heart only God himself can do this this is the magic I preach and I think I've revealed it to you and I think that you fully understood but for some reason one understands and one doesn't if i could give out heart transplants spiritually i would do it if i could give new minds i would do it if i could raise people from the dead spiritually i would do it but god has to do the work in you you have to cry out to him to do that work jonathan edwards said to take on yourself to work out redemption is a greater thing than if you had taken it upon yourself to create the world and he says second i am bold to say that the work of god and the conversion of one soul is more glorious work of god than the creation of the whole material world one conversion one salvation is more glorious than the creation of the entire planets arkent he says it wasn't anything inside of you that opened the door to the kingdom of heaven to see jesus as messiah it was god it was all his gracious merciful work What if God never intervened in your life? I dare you to try to follow the steps. Just start right now today and try to write down the steps of your past to see how God brought you to this point where you're sitting in church now and God is speaking to you today. I dare you to try to write down the path and see where you did such great things to come to God. You'll see that friend came to me and prayed for me or gave me a scripture that family member made deposits in me that co-worker reached out and said this then i got an invite there i was supposed to go to this church and then i ended up there i was supposed i got an invite over here i ended up in this you try to do the map the spiritual map of how you got here and you see god's fingerprints all over everything the bible tells us that he is the author and finisher of our faith the author this is what's gonna happen. They will know me. You will call his name Jesus, Yeshua. The Lord is salvation because he will save his people from their sins. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Paul just says it straight up. It is the gift of God. It's not your own doing. Romans nine fifteen says, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it does not depend on man's desire or efforts, but on God's mercy. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. You didn't do it. God did it blessed are you simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my father who is in heaven did this for you if god is speaking today if god has spoken to you in the past if the lord has revealed himself to you it's not my doing it's not your doing it's his doing he's being gracious to us he's being merciful to us call upon the lord to save you if you can hear his voice don't harden your heart if you can hear his voice because you may not hear his voice tomorrow the same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay and by hearing over and over and over and over and over again it's amazing how we can become dull to the things of god when once we were so soft and ready to receive we should pray for people that god would reveal himself to them that god would open their eyes and ears and that he would reveal reveal to them the truth that he would fill them with faith to believe on him with all of their lives that's my prayer for my kids for eden and shep i can't force them into relationship with god i gotta beg god to show up in their life father you gotta move you gotta do something i can't do it all i can do is present the gospel to them love them as a good father as you are that's all that i can do the rest is in your hands please i beg you that's all i want in life is to see my kids walk with the lord and know him and walk right into eternity with him then i know they're safe i know they're okay it doesn't matter what they do It doesn't matter how much money they have if they have the lord they will be fine we should pray for our own eyes and ears and hearts to be opened i dare you to say god please speak to me keep showing yourself to me keep revealing to me your wisdom and truth don't allow a mold to become hardened around my heart take out the five ten pound sludge and just smash that thing i want to be soft towards you i want to hear your voice was there a time in your life when you were close to god but it's been a while was there a time in life when you could hear the voice of the lord through the scriptures through a sermon through a song but it's been a while Maybe it's time to cry out to the lord and say father save me open my ears open my eyes help me i need you verse 18 jesus continues on and he says and i also say to you that you are peter and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overpower it remember where they are standing in Caesarea philippi and the giant rock structure behind them and the worship of the god pan in this city with the cave which many believe was a gateway to hell to the demons now listen in that context and i also say to you that you are peter upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell the gates of hades will not prevail jesus says to peter you are peter his name petros his name means stone or little rock or pebble and then jesus says upon this rock he uses another word the word petra rock cliff or ledge i will build my church calls peter little rock pebble hey pebble boy get over here (laughs) I will build my church on the rock Petra rock cliff or ledge now somehow the Roman Catholic Church took this verse to mean that Peter is the Pope this 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 is literally the verse. No disrespect to those of you who came from a Catholic background or your, maybe your family is still within the Catholic Church. I do believe there are people within the Catholic Church who believed on the Lord Jesus with all their heart. Sadly, majority of the leadership is not anywhere close to that. It's very sad. But this is, where, this is the verse they use to say Peter was the first pope. This is it right here. No joke. They say he is the rock the church will be built upon. But that's not what the sect says, now does it? If you just dig a little deeper, no pun intended, Jesus calls him Little Pebble. And he says, on this rock, Petra, on this Petra, I will build my church. Who is the rock? Not Dwayne Johnson, (laughs) no. Who is the rock? In the Word of God, over and over and over again, how do the... Catholic scholars miss this. If you just go through the Old Testament and New Testament, God is always referred to as the rock. Jesus in the New Testament is referred to as the cornerstone, the living stone, the rock. How do you miss this? Even Peter himself in Acts chapter four, when he gives one of his first sermons, Peter refers to Jesus as the rock. Acts chapter four, verse 10 and verse 11. This Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. 1 Corinthians 10 2, the Apostle Paul says for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ in the Old Testament with Moses Jesus is the rock upon which the church is built he is the head of the church he is the good Shepherd of the church he is the rock of the church he is the cornerstone of the church that holds everything in place not me I'm just a servant in here that just so gets the privilege and opportunity to be able to shepherd people And to preach the word of god but i'm just one of you i'm a sheep just like you i just have different roles and responsibilities we need to remember this that jesus is the head of the church jesus says upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overpower it he stands in front of the culture's gates of hades but this is the truth the gates of hades which is death will never overpower the church of the Lord Jesus Christ nothing can stop the church of the Lord Jesus did you know that it has been building and growing for thousands of years and no one can stop the Spirit of God from working I mean no one and if you get in the way you will get ran over not by me but by him I'm not scared of this culture or the world or the demons who roam trying to steal kill and destroy us in this city for greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world amen first John 4 4 John says to us little children you are from God and have overcome them for he who is greater is in you than he who is in the world we don't need to fear we have already won we just need to take the win enjoy the ride we win we won now get on living like it the church cannot lose we have the Lord Jesus on our side we have God with us romans 8 31 what shall we say about such wonderful things as these if god is for us truly who can be against us jesus said i will build my church and who's going to stop him seriously when the contractor shows up and he is jesus and he says i will build i will build i am going to build I am the builder and I will build not the church I will build my church it belongs to me he calls it my church it's his church he's responsible for it and who's going to take it from him you want you want to go talk to him you want to try to take it from him you want to try to show up with a bulldozer or a wrecking ball to tear down the lord's church i'm not doing it the gates of hell cannot stand against him or us The devil is on a leash and he can only run as far as god says romans 8 35 who shall separate us from the love of christ Shall tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all the day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered no paul says verse 37 and all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am sure that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will stop his church, it's his. The gospel will continue to spread and carry on no matter how bad things get. God will save his people from their sins and no one can stop him. You know the French philosopher Voltaire tried to do this. Do You remember him? 1694 to 1778, in his voluminous writings against Christianity and the Bible, he tried to predict in 1776 he said this 100 years from my day, there will not be a Bible on earth except the one that is looked upon by an anti curious seeker. History tells us that within 50 years after his death, in an ironic twist of providence, The very house in which Voltaire once lived and wrote against Christianity was used by the Evangelical Society of Geneva as a storehouse for Bibles and gospel tracts. And the printing press he used to print his irreverent works were used to print Bibles. Jesus wins every time. He never lost. He's alive. He's our King. He's ruling now. And he is the Lord. Let's look at what he gives Peter as we close. Verse 19 and 20. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. He says, Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? He gave him authority to declare on earth what has happened in heaven. He is able to tell people that their sins are forgiven if they repent. He is able to tell people they are condemned if they do not repent he is able to tell people jesus is lord and the way to salvation he is able to open the door of the kingdom of heaven for people by the preaching of the gospel and the message of salvation and that is the first thing peter does on the day of pentecost his first task his first job after he's filled with the holy spirit he takes the keys of the kingdom Acts chapter two, and he preaches the gospel and uses the keys of the kingdom to open the door of the kingdom, and 3,000 people repent and turn to God. First day of the church. He holds the keys to introduce people to God, and guess what? We do too. We hold the keys to the kingdom. We have the gospel message. We have the relationship with God. We need to introduce others to him amen the Lord will build this church and no one will stop him Just telling you I'm thankful we rely on him to continue to build and spread the gospel if he's not using me today he's gonna use somebody else tomorrow he's gonna keep on working he's just looking for people to get on the train and to join him in that work to call upon him as Lord and Savior we're gonna close in prayer I'm gonna go into a time of communion let's pray let's seek the Lord now father we come to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus we come to you asking that you would minister that you would build that you would call us into closer relationship with you Father, I pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would raise us to life. Those who are still questioning, those who are still wondering, those who are still contemplating a deeper relationship with you. Maybe some who believe in you but need to commit to a deeper relationship with you. I pray they would do that in this moment. They would call upon you as Lord and Savior now. They would see their sin before you. They would see that they had broken the relationship with you. But Lord, you have died for our sins and brought forth forgiveness and you raise yourself from the dead to promise us resurrection, resurrection in this life and resurrection in the next. All you do is call us to repentance, to turn away from running from you and just to turn to you with all of our hearts to believe on you and walk with you from this day forward. I pray for everyone who is call upon, calling upon you now to save them, oh Father, would you bring their hearts, bring their lives to life, would you resurrect them Would you forgive them of their sins? Would you help them to make things right with you, to have peace with you on this day? Would you let them know how much you love them? You're for them. You wanna pour your grace and mercy on them all the days of their life. You're a good father, you love your kids. You just want us to walk with you and know you and to love other people in the way you love us. Help us to do this. We believe on you now with all of our hearts. We yield to you, Lord. We give you our lives. We do it in Jesus' name, amen.